All right, we're going to be in the third chapter of um, Romans uh, tonight. Uh, and I'm, we're going to read Romans chapter 3, and they'll put it up on the screen. Romans chapter 3, uh, verses 9 and 18. Sit back now, hallelujah. Romans chapter 3, verses 9 through uh, 18. What then? Are we better than they? Now, if you remember from last week, we were talking about the difference between the Jews and the Gentiles. And the Apostle Paul, when he says, are we, he's a Jew, so he's talking about, he said, when he said, are we, or the Jews, better than they, or the Gentiles? He says, not at all. Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks or Gentiles that they are all under sin. Wow. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They all, they have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Lord of mercy. Huh? Stop right there. Let me, let, me, let me give you something for the light side. There used to be an old song, uh, uh, let's see, um, that they sung many years ago. Uh, it says, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Uh, and then there was another old song that sung a question. says, will there be any stars in my crown? And I heard the story that there used to be in the country, Sister Wanda, a Baptist church and a church of Christ sat right next door to one another. And, of course, you know how they're always they're going at one another, you know. And uh, they said that one Sunday, they had, of course, back in those days, no AC, had the, had the windows open. And um, the Baptist folks were singing the song, Will there be any stars in my crown? And about that time, the church of Christ came out and says, No, not one. No, not one. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. I just happen to remember that. I, um, that goes back a long time for me. Hallelujah. He, so he says, there is none who does good, no, not one. Continue. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they have predicted deceit, practiced deceit, excuse me. The poison of asp is under their lips. Wow. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. And we're talking about this world that we're living in today. Hallelujah. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. Wow. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Who fears God in the world today? Think about it. Now, we're going to go on down 
to verse number 23, the same chapter, Romans 3 and 23. For all, everybody say all, all. have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, God, because your word is truth. God, we read this word uh, for our hearing tonight and ask you to give us understanding and wisdom. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Amen. My lesson tonight, I have called the epidemic of sin. The epidemic of sin. You know, just 20 years ago, just 20 years ago, you never heard the term road rage. Nobody knew would know what road, roadway rage was. But you hear it all the time now. People are getting so mean and letting their anger and their wrath go so far. This is one thing I was talking about a while ago when I said this world's getting so bad. But there was a, a, a four little girls shot and killed the other day because of road rage. Two vehicles going down the highway, going down the interstate. One guy gets mad at the other and pulls out, uh, pulls out a gun out of his glove box and fires into that other vehicle. And there was a four-year-old girl sitting in, the back, sitting in the back seat, went straight through her head. Terrible. Terrible. There is an epidemic in this world of sin. I want to start out by letting you understand more about an epidemic. Um, we're going to go back to the time during uh, World War One, uh, during uh, around 1918. That would be when Brother Paul was about 22 years old, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, in 1918, uh, during World War I, a worldwide pandemic broke out. It infected 500 million people. Think about that. 500 million people across the whole world, including remote Pacific Islands and the, uh, and the Arctic and killed 50 to 100 million people. Of course, I'm talking about the influenza epidemic, or basically just what we call the flu today. Uh, 500 million people across the whole world died during this epidemic. Three to five percent of the whole world's population, making it one of the deadliest natural disasters in human history. They say it, there's nothing else that's happened quite disastrous as what this has taken as many lives. Listen, the epidemic was so bad, there were more people who died from the flu than died from World War I. Did you know that? I... I I had some time today sitting in downtown Nashville, and uh, thank God for 
smartphones. They're a little bit smarter than me. And I did some research while I was waiting on those kids. During World War I, there were 16 million men who lost their lives. Being shot, blown up, bayoneted, or through uh, mustard gas. You know, World War I was bad for the, uh, uh, the gas. There were 16 million men, soldiers, who lost their life during World War I. Listen to this. The influenza epidemic that swept the world in 1918 killed more people than World War I. It was an estimated 50 million people. Now, that's an epidemic. That's an epidemic. Hallelujah. There have been many epidemics throughout history, everything from smallpox to typhoid fever. But the deadliest by far, the deadliest epidemic that there ever has been has been the epidemic of sin. More deadly than the influenza, more deadly than typhoid, more deadly than smallpox. It's the most deadliest epidemic we've ever seen. Now listen to this. How many people do you think there are alive in the world? Now, what, what do you think the world population is right now? According, according to those who, who make, uh, uh, do the, um, what, what do they call that? They come around census takers for every country in the world. The world uh, back and finally reached 7 billion people in 2012. 7 billion people live on this planet. Brother, Brother Kenneth, this is going to um, kind of go along with what you're talking about. Yeah, I'll, I'll explain why here in a minute. 7 billion people alive on planet Earth right now. Now, I looked up Christianity, and they say that around the world there, there are 2.2 billion Christians on this planet. But now, when they say there's 2.2 billion Christians, that includes the whole gamut. That's talking about the Catholics. That's talking about all, all everybody and, 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 and whatsoever faith. So when you take into account the millions who claim it but are not really born again, not everybody of that 2.2 are really born again, you can see that sin is an epidemic claiming most of the world's population. If there's 7 billion in the world, but they say there's only 2 billion Christians, that means over 70% of 7 billion people when they die are going to hell. Sister Moore, that's terrible. That's terrible. That's why Jesus said, fear not, little flock. Jesus said, he said, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many, 7 billion, that's not including the millions have already died and are in the ground since Adam. 
We don't know what that number is. But Jesus says, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Seven billion people are on it right now. And many there be that find it. He said, straight and narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. You don't know how blessed you are, Leanne, to have the opportunity to have the gospel preached to you. You could right now. Every one of us in here could be one of those seven billion. Hallelujah. This is why I felt it necessary to get Joseph to come in here. And didn't he do didn't he do a great job Sunday morning? Amen. The heart of a hunter, man, he did a fantastic job. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, I, I, I know Sister Kathy's proud of him, but I'm proud of him too. Hallelujah. I poured a little myself in him also. You don't need to miss the next two Sunday nights. Hallelujah. You don't need to miss seven billion people. As Brother Kenneth said, that's why as long as we're around, if we can get just one person to listen to us, brother, if we can change just one, one soul, keep them from going to a devil's hell, it'd be worth it. Sin is an epidemic. Many people are losing their souls, not not. Not just their body. All them people have died of all these other epidemics, influenza, smallpox, you name it. Their body died, but if they was right with the Lord, their spirit went to be with the Lord. But what I'm talking about, this epidemic of sin, it affects the soul. It affects the inner man, the part that's going to live forever somewhere. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, what I'm going to do right now is just give you a few scriptures. I'm not going to hold you long, but uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Bible. I'm going to give you the very first time, first of all, you'll find the word sin in the Bible. Does anybody think they might know uh, the first time sin is mentioned? It's in Genesis, Genesis chapter 4, verse 7. It says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not well, sin lies at the door. Think about that. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. My. Who is that being said to? God was talking that to Cain. When Cain and his brother offered sacrifices to God, the Bible says God accepted Abel's sacrifice, but he didn't have no respect for Cain's sacrifice. And Cain got mad. And when he got mad... The Lord asked him, he says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? 
And if you do not will, sin lies at the door. That lets me know that sin is the root of every problem we have. If we're not doing good, if we're not doing well, there's got to be a sin problem somewhere. Of course, he wouldn't receive this. He went out and killed his brother, was the first murder committed. And guess what? That's, bef that's before a man by the name Smith and another man by the name Wilson got together. Why do I want to say that? Because guns don't kill people. People kill people. Cain didn't have a gun, but he killed his brother. If somebody's got murder in their heart, they're going to get you one way or the other. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I heard on you. How many has been hearing about the terrible bloodbath that's been going on in Jerusalem? Them, them uh, Palestinians over there has been hiding kitchen knives under their clothes and just innocent people walking up and down the streets of the Jer Jerusalem all of a sudden they pull out one of them knives and start stabbing uh, one of the Jews, one of the Israelis over there. It's been going on now for weeks. Our government's not making no statements about it. They're still jumping on Israel. But the reason why I said that is some of the stores in Jerusalem has decided to quit selling kitchen knives. But guess what? They're still being stabbed. And they interviewed one of the Jewish men. Says uh, uh, I, he says I don't think I don't think some of these Palestinians are coming in here in our sector and going into the store and buying a kitchen knife and then coming out and stabbing. He says they're bringing with them home. He said they, they don't have to sell them nowhere. They're still going to they're going to get them. See, the root of the problem is sin. That's the root of the problem. He said sin lies at the door and. And Cain proved this his own self because he went out from this and went and killed his brother. That was why he didn't do no good in the first place. He already had murder in his heart long before he killed him. There was jealousy about his brother. I bet he, I bet he put up. I, I bet he had jealousy with his brother all through their life up to that point. Hallelujah, Amen. So now let's move on a little bit more. I want to give you the second time that the word sin is mentioned in the Bible. And it's in that Genesis chapter 18, verses 20 and 21. And the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, 20 and 21. I hadn't read 20 yet, yeah. And the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, that's that word. He said, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me, and if not, I will know. That's the second time the word sin is in the Bible, and it has to do with Sodom and Gomorrah. Guess what? That's where we're at today. We're right in the middle of Sodom and Gomorrah. Hallelujah. We're right in the middle of it. Now, let's go to the New Testament. Uh, although we go to the Old Testament to get some references, uh, I like to always get into the New uh, because that's that's the basis of uh, of our faith today. Hebrews chapter three, verses twelve and thirteen. Beware, brethren, 
lest there be uh, there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Deceitfulness of sin. If you're called up in sin, your sin will deceive you. I know a lot of people, they, they, they get involved in all kind of sin, and the, and the sin they do deceives them. They think they're all right when they're sinning. Amen. I mean, they, they just send up a storm, but they, they, they'll think they're all right. Why would they think they're all right? Because the sin that they're doing deceives them. He says the deceitfulness of sin. Hallelujah. Sin is a deceiver. It will deceive you. It will make you think things is all right when it's not all right. Hallelujah. Amen. And we're just we're going to stay in Hebrews again. We're going to go to chapter 10, verse 26. For it, oh Lord, my Lord. This verse right here, folks, is really tight. It's really tight. For if we, who are the we? The church, Christians. If we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. All of God's people, from time to time, we're going to slip up, we're going to make mistakes, but don't never willfully sin. Holy Ghost dealing with you, telling you, 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 you know ahead of time you shouldn't be doing what you're doing because you're getting on dangerous territory. The sacrifice that Jesus gave you is why we're able to go to heaven. I can't go to heaven on my merit. I ain't never, I ain't never live good enough and never will live good enough to be able to go to heaven on my own. I need the sacrifice that Jesus made for me. But if after I've, after I've received the knowledge and I know better, hear me now, after I know what the Word says, I have been taught what the Word says, and I willfully go against that, that sacrifice that He made for me is going to be taken from me. Where does that leave me? That one verse right there wipes out all those churches that teach and preached once saved, always saved. That one verse. And there's there's hundreds more. You've heard me use many, many others the last few years about that. I, I, I keep bringing this up sometimes because so many people are being deceived by that. You know, don't never, don't never be deceived by sin 
to make you say, well, I'm going to be all right. Jesus saved me years ago, and I'm, you know, now listen. We got to be careful about what we willfully do once God has given us a knowledge of something. Well, God has given us some wisdom, and we've been taught we have to be very careful. All right? I got one more scripture for you, then I'm going to end my part, and we'll um, open up for any discussion. We're going to go to the book of James, chapter 4. Verse 17. Here, here it is. This puts the icing on the cake. We're talking about the epidemic of sin. Therefore, to him, and I could, I could say that to him or her, who knows to do good and, and does not do it, to him or her, it is what? Wow. To him who knows to good, do good, hallelujah, and don't do it, becomes sin. God is a just God. He's a fair God. He's an equal God. You've heard me say this before, and I'll say it again. God, God will not judge the apostolics on the same level as he will the Baptist. And some apostolics really like to put Baptist people down. But don't ever say that they don't have nothing. There's a lot of good Baptist folks out there who love the Lord. And what you have to do, you have to follow the, the truth as God gives you the truth, as he gives you the knowledge. To he who knows to do good and do it not, do it not to him it's a sin. Huh? That's how come for years and years I was raised up in, in, in a particular denomination, I, w I was baptized one way, and that's all I ever heard. That's all I ever knew. And I believe as, just as much as I believe I'm sitting here, if I'd went out in a car wreck or whatever before I'd received more knowledge, I would be all right with the Lord. I had a relationship with God. But I, I made a trip to Columbia, Tennessee one time. And I walked in that church for my first time walking in an apostolic church. And I heard that evangelist preaching. And he was preaching. He says, open your Bible. He said, run reference on baptism. He says, I've got it. He says, I've got a check already wrote out. In my checkbook, I, I don't remember what he said now. I've been so long on this. He either said for five thousand or ten thousand dollars. I forget which which it was. But he says, "I'll give this check, no strings attached, to anybody who'll show me where anybody was ever baptized in the Bible in any other way other than in the name of Jesus Christ or the Lord Jesus." He said, I've kept that check for many years. He says, and I believe I'll carry it to my grave. I received knowledge that night. He gave me scripture. Before I left that place, I was baptized in Jesus' name. And when I went home the next day, I spent all day on a Saturday going through the Bible. And I said, I'll look 
I said, I never know that was there. I never seen that before. Hallelujah. People are not going to be judged by what you don't know. You're going to be judged by what you do know. God's a just God. Hallelujah. He's going to treat everybody fair. It's a good thing I'm not God and you're not God because if, if, if we had to judge somebody and we didn't like them, they might not get a good judgment. But God's not like that. He's not partial. He loves everybody the same. Is that right, Brother Kenneth? He loves everybody the same. Hallelujah. Praise God. So to him who knows to do good and does it not, to him it's a sin. That's the epidemic of sin that's running rampant in the world today. Anybody got any comments or questions about our lesson tonight?